And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello everyone, welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 325. We're the only Thor podcast hosted by a true descendant of Odin and a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. We come at you as we always do from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris and I'm your host. Welcome along everybody out there and I hope you all have had a great summer so far here we're starting to get hot again. We've had a, f- a few uh, weeks of a relatively nice weather, and now we're starting to get the mid-August stank, as, as it usually is. And uh, yeah, it's uh, hot and humid, and that's Chicago for you. But uh, anyway, we make the best of it, don't we? I mean, we pay for it during the winter when, when we get all the snow. But <laughs> anyway, so it's back to the grind, back to normal after our mythology episode last time. And this week we are looking at the Mighty Thor number seven. And we'll be doing so right after this piece of music. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder. Indeed, and this week we are looking at the Mighty Thor number seven, as we previously stated. And the cover art is by Russell Dodderman, Matthew Wilson, and it shows uh, Bodolf the Brave, the uh, the big wicked Viking, and he's got his weird tattoos, and he's all gray-skinned like the Hulk, because he's basically a Hulk uh, created by Loki back in uh, 896 AD. Uh, so he's the Gray Hulk, except he's got like reddish blonde hair and a braided mustache and a square cut beard, a big braid on the back of his head, all sorts of weird, funky Viking tattoos. And he is bursting through the sort of logo thing in the front of the, uh, the issue. And it's a very dynamic cover here by Russell Dowderman. And it leads us to the splash page where we have the uh, credits here. Jason Aaron was the writer. Russell Dodderman was the artist for the present day sequence. Matthew Wilson was the colorist for the present day sequence. Rafa Gares is the art and colorist for the Viking era. VCs Joe Sabino did the lettering and production. Charles Beecham was the assistant editor. Will Moss is the editor. Tom Brevoort is the executive editor. Axel Alonzo is the editor-in-chief. Joe Casada is the chief creative officer. Dan Buckley is the publisher. And Alan Fine is the executive producer. Thor was created by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby, not necessarily in that order. And we open up in the Age of the Vikings and the crayon drawings here. Uh, very, um, <laughs> well... Sloppy is the word I would use. <laughs> um, sloppy drawing of Thor arriving on the Rainbow Bridge, which is not a rainbow in this version. It is simply white. Uh, he lands on the uh, the bridge to Asgard, and uh, he is all bloodied and battered after his battle with Bodolf last issue. 
and uh, he meets up with none other than Heimdall, and we uh, have Heimdall standing there as he always does, and he says, Zounds, Thor, what happened to thy... Mind the bridge, Heimdall, not my face, says Thor. Hail, says Thor, as he crawls into the Golden City. The God of Thunder requires the strongest ale in all of Asgard. Let this be a day that will soon be forgotten. And so it was in the Midgardian year of 896 that Bodolf the Black, drinker of dragon blood and breaker of gods, became the strongest Viking there ever was. And we see Bodolf the Black, and he is on his uh, throne, and he has turned into the Hulk, basically. Uh, he's up there, and he is all gray and muscly, and he's making a rawr face, and there's a naked woman in front of him. Actually, two naked women in front of him, and a bunch of uh, Viking warriors holding up their swords and spears and like going, yay, Bodolf the Black, yay. And we have a little bit of uh, narration here. All thanks to me, of course. Loki, builder of men, fulfiller of dreams. Suddenly, my tally of incoming prayers began to skyrocket. It was a very good summer. And you show the, the two ravens, actually it looks like three ravens, watching on as uh, the revelers revel, and I guess they're praying to Loki. And the uh, condition of this being a very good summer uh, is conditional on whether or not you happen to draw the ire of Bodolf the Black, which many did. And it shows uh, them raiding, and uh, they're, they're attacking in a big ship, and Bodolf is at the front going rawr, and they're attacking other Vikings. And he just cleaves their uh, boat in half with his sword, and it goes down sinking in flames. And yeah, so Bodolf is the toughest mother in the city. It was said that none could oppose him on Midgard or any other realm. And we see more scenes here of Bodolf uh, reeking and pillaging and going rawr. And we have Heimdall standing on the Rainbow Bridge. And it's no, like I said, it's not a rainbow in this version. And he's saying, uh, I see another victory for Bodolf the... And Thor's there and he's all angry. He's like, to hell with Midgard. If anybody prays to me, tell them I'm busy. Busy being bleh. And he throws up, so we have uh, Thor throwing up on panel. Bodolf was the strongest Viking warlord in all the land, Loki continues. He had everything he'd ever wanted, women, wealth, more power than he could imagine. But humans are the simplest of fools. Contentment is simply not in their nature. No matter how often you sate their hunger, they always find new ways in which to starve. And... We have a scene here of Bodolf who is, I don't know what he's doing. I mean, it's sort of like his, his people are carrying off women and, and big things of, of mead. And yeah, and then Bodolf is still standing here all angry. And he grabs uh, a Viking. I'm not sure if it's one of his or one of the other ones because, frankly, the artwork is not that good. You really can't tell what's going on. And he grabs somebody, he holds him up, and he screams his face, Stop laughing! And he goes, Oh, go away! Bodolf just wants to be left alone. So I guess that was one of his, um, one of his people. And he kicks all these very crudely drawn people out of his castle, or his uh, longhouse, or whatever it is. And we shift to a, uh, a person, I can't tell whether it's a man or a woman, uh, kind of cowering in the corner, and I think it's a, a she, so I, she's saying, 
Dear Thor, please hear my prayer. Then you shift to Thor, and he's in Asgard, and it looks like he's being served in a bar by the recorder. <laughs> I mean, this guy really does kind of look like the recorder, though I, I know it's not. And he's like, another round, my prince? And Thor's like, I, I say thee nay. Help me find my axe, he says. And he crushes the goblet he's drinking out of in one hand. And we next see Thor in his chariot, hurling towards Midgard. And he's uh, being drawn, of course, by the two goats. And he's heading down, it looks like. And we are at Bodolf's uh, longhouse. And he's like sitting in his chair. And he's pounding on the, the, uh, on the arm of the chair. And he's like, Bodolf, my name is Bodolf. What have I become? And just at that moment, Thor comes bursting in through the ceiling, axe in hand, because before he had the hammer, and he smashes Bodolf in the face, which in turn smashes Bodolf's chair. And so they have this fight going on, and uh, he knocks Bodolf through the ceiling and into his uh, giant Viking ship, which is parked very conveniently right outside. And he says... Uh, I know not what dark magic you have conjured to deform yourself so, but I swear to you, Bodolf, it will not save you from Hela's dark embrace. And he goes, wug, because he's been grabbed by Bodolf's large gray hand, and it looks like he's going to be dragged underwater. So we have a full page here, and Thor has been dragged underwater by Bodolf, and they are underneath the frozen sea. And they're fighting, and it looks like uh, we have uh, yeah, Thor and his axe, and Bodolf is just fighting barehanded like, like the Hulk would. And it says uh, in the caption, The ground quaked for miles, and the seas swelled and crashed. Thunder shook the skies all over the world. Such a display of power did not go unnoticed, as I would eventually learn all too well. And... Um, we uh, shift to some underwater people, and uh, they seem to be Atlantean from, from the looks of it. They've got the blue skin that the uh, Atlanteans in the uh, Namor series had. And uh, there's like a guard and a woman, and the guard saying, Come away, princess. These beasts are of the surface. Their rutting is no concern for the future queen of Atlantis. And the uh, woman is like, Yes, of course. And she's thinking, But someday... And there's a crack of thoom as the two of them are fighting under the water. And it looks like uh, Bodolf bursts above the ice, finally. And uh, Thor is bringing down lightning as um, they fight. And they're back underneath the water again. It's kind of hard to tell. And it, and it turns out they end up on the eastern coast of a land that will one day be called America. And there is a, um, a demon here. <laughs> um, this is uh, so Bodolf and um, Thor kind of land on the the shore, and they're still fighting. And we have a uh, a flaming skulled Indian, and this Indian is riding a bear. Um, and so I'm I'm led to believe that this is some sort of ghost rider of the uh, you know ninth century, uh, so Native American spirit of vengeance, I guess. And he says, uh, "I smell it too, girl." There is vengeance in the air, but this is not our fight. Not yet. 
and um, we next see them fighting in the mystical city of Kunlun. And I'm, I'm glad to believe, I mean, this is way before the monks, the Buddhist monks would be there because Buddhism didn't exist way back then. Um, so anyway, uh, they're in Kunlun and um, they're fighting there and the caption said, uh, in the mystical city of Kunlun, Shu Lao the dragon was distracted by the rumble of distant thunder, long enough to, for a fist to plunge deep into its heart. In the great northern wilds, a great shaggy beast howled at the sky, and I guess he's talking about uh, Canada or you know, whatever. On the plains of Africa, a panther snarled. So I guess that's yeah, more, more a reference to a Marvel characters in the distant past. But those are stories for another day, perhaps. Hopefully not with this artist. <laughs> they uh, are back in uh, Norway or Sweden, wherever they're supposed to be. And there's people carrying fish, and it's like basically another Viking village. And people are looking up, and one of them says, What in the name of Odin? And at that point, Bodolf and Thor come crashing down and uh, smashing down into the village and setting everybody scattered. And Bodolf has, um, yeah, I mean, he's really just the Hulk, basically. These things are going, Rargh! and there's Vikings around, and there's like, Lord Thor? And a voice comes from behind. Harder, you moronic beast. Smash his pretty little face. Make him know how it feels to be broken. To look in the mirror and see only ugliness. Do it. Beat him into a sack of blonde mush. And it is, of course, ninth uh, century Loki. And he is there with his weird horny helmet and his very crudely drawn face. And there are other people there too, but they're there just kind of, you know, watching what's going on. And Bodolf is looking at, at Loki and he's like, Hit him, you brainless clod! Why are you looking at me? This is why I made you. Smash the son of Odin in two. And he is struck very hard by Bodolf and goes flying with a, Ooh! And Loki goes flying. And uh, Bodolf is saying, Bodolf, not Loki's pet. And Loki is, is looking very angry here. He says, you dare. And his hand is glowing like he's going to blast him or something. And Thor is being picked up by the local Vikings who don't look any less monstrous than Bodolf. <laughs> and uh, they're like, Lord Thor, are you? And Thor's like, bring me all the meat you can carry and your fairest maiden. And uh, so I guess he's out of this fight for the time being. And so Loki and Bodolf are feisting off, and Loki is shooting magical bolts at Bodolf, but uh, uh, he's not having any of this. And Loki says, You ungrateful dog, you dare raise your hand to me. And Bodolf's like, Bodolf, dare. Bodolf, smash. And we shift to the longhouse that says, um, while I was busy reprimanding my own rebellious creation, Loki's narration says, unfortunately, an all-too-familiar theme for me, the God of Thunder was catching his second wind, as only the God of Thunder can. And we have him uh, smooching on some girl and also drinking lots of meat out of a horn. And then he comes bursting out, all refreshed from all uh, the fighting, and he says, no. Where were we? Uh, and uh, Loki seems to be getting the worst of it in his fight with Bodolf. And we have this really, sh really horrible uh, 
shot here of Odolph's foot, his misshapen toes. And the Loki is looking like he's a little bit frightened now. Loki is saying, perhaps I've done my work too well. And Bodolf is like, Bodolf fears no god. Bodolf is the strongest one on all of Midgard. And he's uh, very hulky at this point, and he is uh, stepping on Loki's back. And Loki does not look happy. He looks like he's getting squished, basically. So we have uh, Thor, and he's now waiting in the thick of it, and Loki's going flying, and he's kicking, it looks like Bodolf is in the neck, and there's a bunch of rocks here just kind of flying out, because, of course, they're just leaving all these boulders laying around the, the village, which, uh, yeah, okay, I guess. Uh, maybe it's frozen poop or something, I don't know. Anyway, so they're, uh, they're all doing that, and um, Thor's like, no, Bodolf, not this day. And he knocks Bodolf down this huge hole, uh, into, I guess, the you know, bottomless pit of the earth or whatever, and Bodolph's going, ah, good. We then shift scenes. It says moments later on the other side of the globe, and Thor's there, and he's uh, got Loki, and he kind of, I don't know, he's, he's running off towards Asgard or whatever, and, and Loki's like, Thor, you can't wait to tell father of this, can you? Tell him what, says Thor, that a lying, hateful devil lives in his midst. This the all-father knows. Still, it is time to come home, brother, and time to end this farce of a... Oh, spare me your lectures, brother, says Loki. I've heard them all. The throne of Asgard will suit you well someday, little lord of sanctimony. Mark my words whenever that day comes, when all your dreams lie before you in gleaming golden splendor. Loki will be there to make them all burn. Until that day, then, brother. Until that day. And it looks like Thor is getting ready to take off to Asgard. And it says here in the caption, And so we reach the end of my tales, is Loki's caption. Though in truth, stories never truly end, do they? One merely bleeds into the next. Well, they do if you're Jason Aaron, I guess. So the saga of the epic battle between Thor and Bodolf the Black becomes the story of a lonely Viking wandering the earth fighting to suppress the monster inside him. And we see Bodolf, uh, he's kind of wandering around in Viking form, and he's uh, not dead, but he's also not the Hulk in this. And the story of a god still striving to be worthy. And we have Thor straining to lift Mjolnir, and uh, he's going, that's higher than last time. And then uh, we see Loki, and he's summoning up uh, like a pink flame in his hand. And of a Loki who would someday, well, some stories are still yet to be written. And so that would seem to be all. And we shift scenes rather dramatically, and we are in one of the, uh, the realms. Uh, I'm not sure which one. Probably Alfheim still. And there's a dragon, and he is sitting on a horde. It's like very a smog-like big red dragon. And he is being attacked by soldiers with guns. This is, of course, being drawn by Russell Dowderman. So we are back in the present day. And the soldier's like, there it is. Open fire. Grenades. We need grenades. And they're all uh, shooting the, um, the dragon with machine guns. And um, uh, we got uh, Dario Agar and uh, Loki are standing there watching. And uh, Dario is saying, I ask you for help. You tell me a story about Vikings and bring me to a cave where an angry dragon lives? I'm starting to see why no one likes you, Loki. 
Oh, this is how all my friendships begin, Dario Agar. Tell them to aim for its eyes. And we hear an arg. Looks like they eventually uh, kill the dragon. And it's got, like, fire breathing down from its, from its eyes. And Loki goes over and touches its face and says, Rest easy, old girl. Your time had long since passed. It's an age of new monsters now. And uh, Dario Agar um, says, uh, Dragon blood. That's it? It can't be that simple. That sort of thing only works in fairy tales. Said the Minotaur to the son of a giant, said Loki. And we see the soldiers are draining the dragon's blood out and, and draining them into uh, canisters. So uh, no doubt there's some nefarious thing going on here. These soldiers, they're the best you have? Yes, the elite Roxxon strike team. They fought to protect our corporate interest in every country on the globe. They bleed oil and gasoline. They'd eat their own guts if I told them to. Good, says Loki, but that won't be necessary. Just tell them to drink. And once all the screaming has finished, we'll talk about what you owe me. And, uh, yeah, so these guys have drank the, um, uh, the dragon blood out of the canisters. Yeah, they're all hulking out. They're turning into uh, big muscly dudes like Bodolf. And uh, Dario Agar's looking on in admiration. And he says, just name your price. And Loki's saying, uh, I want a church. A big one. I miss the prayer. Gods, do I miss the prayer. And we have a, uh, a scene to the, in the background. There's a, a painting on the, um, on the wall here of various gods. And we have uh, the ghost rider Indian here. And there's an Egyptian-looking cat woman. Uh, we have Bodolf, of course. Who, I think we missed the Egyptian cat woman somewhere in the story because she's just not here. Uh, and then we have... Um, uh, it's obviously Bodolf, the Black, and it, these are all done in like a, a, a primitive Viking style. And we have Thor with his axe, and then we have the, uh, the Atlantean queen, with, and she's got wings on her, her heels, uh, interestingly enough. I thought that was a mutation that only Namor had. But anyway, um, yeah. And the caption says, Stories never end. Only lives and worlds do that. Stories we just keep on telling for as long as there's anyone foolish enough to listen. And that is The Mighty Thor number seven. Next time we're going to be covering The Mighty Thor number eight, but we have to talk about this issue for at least a little bit, which we'll be doing right after this message. The Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast, in which four guys talk about romance comics, and about romances in comics with Siskoid. We're all uh, French Canadians here. Marty! In horror comics, there's often like this little, you know, <laughs> romance tinge, I guess. Okay. Bass! <laughs> we oh, just yeah. turned on him! <laughs> and yours truly, Fern. I'm very aroused. Featuring the overproduced wonder that is Romance Comics Theater every episode. Dan, I knew it couldn't last from the first day you eyeballed me when I reported to work. It wouldn't matter if I washed in laundry soap and came to work in a burlap sack. I'd turn you on. And you have the same effect on me. I... I do? The Lonely Hearts Romance Comics Podcast, available on iTunes. We've had a comic book romance. 
And we are back. Oh, Marvel, Marvel, Marvel. What are we going to do with you? Okay, th this story was rather poor, I have to say. Um, not only was the story very predictable, very basic, the artwork is absolutely horrible. You know, I, I said it was very amateurish last time. It's even worse this time. Um, I get what they're going for. I, I think they're playing around and they, they found an artist who can draw certain dynamic sort of things, but it, it's not good storytelling. It's very hard to tell what's going on. For example, whatever happened to Bodolph is not very clear here. You know, you should at least have a pretty good idea when you ha you're looking at a piece of sequential art, what is going on in the story. That can be told either through the captions or it can be told through the art or ideally told by both. Jack Kirby was the master of sequential storytelling. You always knew what was going on. Uh, there's other artists who are, are good at this too. I mean, artists today, even Russell Dowderman is m very good at what's going on. You know, you get an idea of what's happening even if the caption doesn't say. But this is just poor. The artwork is, is just, I, why did they even hire this person? I, I don't even get that. And, and I'm not one to, to I, I'm trying to find something nice to say about it and I'm really coming up short because there's really other than the fact that there's a lot of energy in this person's style there's really nothing nice to say about it it's crude it's childish it's inconsistent yeah it, it's just not to my taste and I, I don't know I, I certainly hope that this is not the way the comic art is going because this is worse than than the worst excesses of the extreme 90s and I say that with a straight face and in all sincerity. I, I really don't like the artwork in this. And the storytelling is awful. Yeah, and I, this is probably the most negative review I've done. It does remind me a little bit. Remember the, uh, that image comic that we did a while back? <laughs> um, which, uh, what, Ragnarok or Ragnarok and Roll or whatever. I forget what it's called. Um, but uh, it was, uh, yeah, it's as poor as that. And actually, I think that one was, was marginally better than this. But um, yeah, not, not my favorite, I'll have to say. So I really don't have a lot to say about it. This is, you know, guys, you can do better than this. And, and I know that they will. Getting on to next issue, of course, we have more of what's going on. So I, hopefully we have the, uh, this army of Hulk people that Dario Agar has, and we've got to deal with them somehow. All right, so that's about it for this week, folks. Thanks for listening. Really do appreciate it. And of course, if you want to email the show, you can do so. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com in case you want to defend this tripe. And uh, yeah, and you can also find us over on the Facebook. Just look for Radio Free Asgard there, and you will find us. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, back to my ceiling fan installation uh, saga, which has been going on way longer than it should be. And we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast, and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, 
or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.